Okay, it's really good to see everybody. Uh, sorry we didn't weren't able to meet last week, but it's good to be here this week. We're going to go ahead and jump right on into our lesson. <clears throat> For those of you who were not here the week before last, we were talking about prayer and our responsibility to pray. Um, and so we're going to go to Luke chapter 11. We're going to read those um, verses uh, and quickly remind ourselves of what we talked about last week. And then we're going to get into a catechism. A catechism is just basically a, a question and answer program that helps you to understand big giant principles in short terms. It, it it summarizes what we believe as Christians, and it's a way to <clears throat> kind of answer a bunch of questions that get asked a lot. So catechism questions are designed to answer biblical questions in a short and concise way. Um, you'll see that we're also going to have some biblical references to go look up to as well. So let's open with a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Father, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for the privilege and the joy of being able to come together and study your word. We thank you for the many blessings that you pour on our lives, the blessings of a good lunch uh, provided for us by uh, such kind people. Um, please bless them for serving it to us, and please bless it to our bodies. Um, we thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. We thank you uh, for the gift of your Son, Jesus. <clears throat> and we just ask you now, Jesus, we ask you, Holy Spirit, to... <clears throat> Open our ears, our minds, and our hearts, and our lives to these truths. Help us to receive these truths. Help us to believe these truths. And please give us the willingness and the strength and the understanding to share these truths with others. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So in Luke chapter 11, we talked last time, we talked about the Lord's Prayer. This is called the Lord's Prayer, but really uh, it would be better termed the Disciples Prayer, right? This is a prayer that Jesus gives his disciples as a way to help them to uh, pray. And it says in Luke 11, 1, <clears throat> Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us of our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not to temptation. And he said to them, Which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a, <clears throat> a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me, the door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is a friend, yet because of his impudence he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you? If his son asks him for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so Jesus' disciples came to him. They asked him, Lord, teach us how to pray. Right. And so um, the reality is, is that you would think that prayer is a simple thing. But we can kind of complicate it with our with our misunderstandings, uh, with with our lack of spiritual insight. And these disciples were wanting Jesus to teach them how to pray. And so we he taught them to pray in verses one one through five. 
um, he encourages them to pray and he gives them an outline for how to pray. He gives them an outline. So this prayer that he taught his disciples is not necessarily a prayer that should be prayed rote. All right. What do I mean when I say rote? Word for word, right? Now, there's nothing in the world wrong with saying the Lord's Prayer word for word. I think at, at y'all's church, y'all do that every week, don't you? When you do the Ten Commandments and then you, uh, you do the Lord's Prayer. There's nothing in the world wrong with reciting it because it's the Word of God and it's spiritual and it's His truth and, and it's good to repeat it and to hide it in your heart so that you don't sin against Him. But the main purpose of that prayer, those instructions, those words, is to give you and I a uh, an outline or a, a skeleton to pray. When I mean skeleton, we add the, the meat onto it, right? We, we, we add onto it and make it a full prayer. He gives us the basics. And then we are to pray using those basics as our outline or as our guide. And so he teaches them to pray. Um, he teaches them that we are to request things. He teaches us that we have a heavenly Father who is ready to answer our prayers, willing and ready to answer our prayers. And then we, we also learn that we have a reliable God who answers our prayers and that He responds to the things that we ask for. And so oftentimes, we talked about last time we were together about what help me out, guys? What are some of the reasons why I might not pray? What what would be a reason why I might not pray? Yes, Lori. Because we get overwhelmed and we don't see answers to our prayers, and so we're <coughs> God's not listening. But I also wanted to add that I feel like He put me through the things He put me through so that I could see that I can trust Him. And I can see that I'm going to come out on the other end because he guided me through that particular situation. Okay. That's why we don't pray sometimes, right. because of the situations we're facing. So sometimes we're too overwhelmed and we don't even think about praying. If you don't have a specific time to do it and set that time aside, it's often to, you know, okay. sometimes do the day, but then at night when I go to bed, I try to pray. Okay. I go to bed, but sometimes I just... Mm, yeah, no doubt. And a lot of times, if we make our time to pray right before we go to bed, that's exactly what we do. Our body yeah. just shuts down. It's time to go to sleep. All right, so I, with Lori's answer, I would say uh, that one of, if I wanted to summarize that into a general statement, our lack of trust in God is one reason we don't pray. All right? With Dave, that answer, I would say it's a lack of discipline. We don't have the discipline to do it. Now, um, what about, we just all had lunch. Do we have the discipline to eat? Do we need discipline to eat, though? But but we eat every day, don't we? And usually it's around the same time that we usually have a routine in what we eat. Right? Yeah. So, do we need a discipline to eat? No, why not? Because we're hungry. Because we, we get hungry and we know we need to eat. The same thing can be applied to our prayer life. We shouldn't need a discipline to pray. It should be a constant right, okay. awareness in us that we need to pray. All right, so are the Muslim disciplined in their prayer? Do they have certain yeah. times that they pray? Yeah, five times. Five, I think it's five. Yeah, five times a day they go pray. And they, they also point their, their, their self to the east, right? And they, they pray that way. Right, towards the, the holy city. 
So they have discipline, but they don't have a, a proper prayer with God because we know He doesn't hear the prayers of the unbelievers. Right? And so, yes, discipline is important. We should discipline ourselves to read the Bible. We should discipline ourselves to pray. But that discipline should be almost as natural as our desire to eat. Now, I'm not saying it is for me. Um, I, I find it hard to pray. And I think we're sinful. Yeah, and I think that one of the main reasons I find it hard to pray is the same way that what you brought up, Lori. Um, there's two parts of me that have a hard time praying. One is that God already knows what, what, you need. what I need and what I'm going to ask for anyhow, right? And the other one is, is I don't ever get what I pray for. <laughs> then you're not asking for the right things. Right. Anyway, and that would be the point. So, my lack of faith and my lack of recognition that I need God. Your recognition of what you need. As, as opposed to what I want. Yeah. That's very true. So... Um, I can remember as a kid and I get what I want. What, what What's the usual reaction of a child when they don't get what they want? They get upset. They get upset, all right. What throw else? Tantrum. Huh? They throw tantrums, <laughs> right? Uh, do kids ever ignore their parents oh, yeah. when they don't give them what they want? Do they ever pout? Pout Go in the room and slam the door and just don't talk, right? And so I think a lot of that is just and spiritual we immaturity. And we punishing our parents by doing that, but we're not. Right. That's what, that's what I thought when I was a kid. Okay. So in this passage so far, we've seen that Jesus was praying. His disciples were attracted to the fact that he was praying. They were like, you know, teach us to pray like you pray. And um, uh, if you've ever noticed, a lot of times when people pray in public, um, their prayers are beautiful. And they're, they're flowing and they, they're, they're patterned and they're, they're really nice prayers. And you go, man, how can that person, yeah, how do they pray? I think about that a lot. I but can't how, pray like that. Well, it could be one of two things. One is, is that usually the way that you pray in your closets is the way that you will pray in public. In other words, when you pray in private, the way you pray in private is the way that you will pray in public. And so a lot of times the reason why we're nervous and, and don't like to pray out, out in public is because we don't do a lot of praying in private either. We're just not accustomed to the act. But there's also prayers in the Bible, or there's there's times in the Bible where Jesus says, beware of people that are out praying in public, that are doing it just for the attention. So sometimes it can be just a big act. You know? And so we need to be aware that our prayers are should be, they should be an expression of what is going on in our heart. And if in my heart I realize that I need God, if in my heart I realize my brokenness and my helplessness, then I'm going to cry out to my Heavenly Father who I know can answer my prayers, who can help me. And so Jesus is teaching them how to pray. He teaches them to make their requests. He reminds them that God is ready to answer prayers. And so remember the, remember the part of the story where... Uh, the illustration that Jesus uses, he said, if your child comes to you and asks you for a piece of bread, are you going to give him a rock and tell him to go eat that? You know, Or if you ask your dad for a piece of fish, is he going to give you a poisonous snake? We were talking about snakes a minute ago. Right? Is he going to ask me for, is he going to give you a snake and say, go eat this? So in other words, what what is the point Jesus is trying to make? If I am his child, he is my father. And he loves me with a fatherly love. 
and he's going to answer my prayers for me. But do you, with your children, do you give them everything they ask for? No. <laughs> Couldn't afford to. No. Couldn't afford to? What else? They don't need. They don't. Yeah, they don't need everything. Or they're not ready. My son wants the house, but he's not ready. Right. So Lori brought up a very important point in a statement she made a few minutes ago. She said, "Maybe God has let me go through the things that I've gone through, so that now I know that I need Him." And I can trust Him. Right. And And so this practice of prayer could be the same thing, couldn't it? The what? Our practice of prayer could be teaching us the same thing. Because I can tell you, I can tell you of miraculous answers to prayer that God has made in my life. Like, I can think of times in my life where I was in real bad trouble and God answered prayers for me. I can think of times where friends and family were really bad sick and they got better. Like, I can think of times when God has truly answered prayer in my life. But I can also think of a lot of times that God, I, I can think of, instances in my life today that God has not answered prayers for me that I've asked for. And so a part of it, uh, a part of the discipline of praying is learning how to pray and ask for the things that I truly need. You see how that works? I saw something, Ronnie, uh, last night that said the closer we are drawn to Jesus, the more guilty we feel because we don't want to offend him. We want to please him. So lately, I've been praying. So you don't you don't want to offend him. You want to please him. You want to please him. So you start to feel guilty about things that you've done because it affects you. Your your closeness with Christ affects how you sinned in the past, and you start to remember, and then you can repent and pray about it, and and repent of those things and try to get out of those habits. The closer you get to Jesus, the more you realize what how sinful we right. are. You. But I've been praying for um. For I need help. I want to be able to please God, and I, and my actions. And sometimes I feel like I'm not doing enough, or, or the inadequate feeling I've spoke of before. So I, I've been praying um, to, for Him to help me please Him. Is, is that a proper prayer? Well, the reality is our inadequacies is a proper attitude to have when we come to Him in prayer. Like so, God could be helping you to trust him more by showing you and revealing to you your own inadequacy. When, so it, I, I just seen a quote this week by Spurgeon. Uh, <coughs> I, I, I just a paraphrase. It's not what he said, but it's basically like when you get to the point where you realize how worthless you are, you're at the truth. Yeah. And and it's true. And so, yes, as we walk with Christ, yeah, as we walk with Christ, as we're conformed to His image, you would think that we get less and less sinful. But the reality is, we get more and more reminded of of how sinful we really are. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so to pray for help to please Him is that a proper prayer? You tell me. I don't think I can do it just on my own power. Well, let me let me let me rephrase your question. Is asking, like asking God to, to help me a proper request in prayer. Yes. To help me please Him, it's like asking Him to do my job for Him. No. <laughs> no, you're asking. Like asking God to do my job. You know, my, I, I should be paid. Give you the strength to do. 
Yes, I didn't put it that way, though. I asked for a So, as we remind ourselves of what we've talked about in the past few weeks, about the importance of prayer, about the fact that God does answer our prayers, that he's willing and ready to and able to answer our prayers, we want to get into these catechism questions and kind of get some general overviews of what prayer is and why we pray and how we pray, etc. So if you look at question 134, all these are coming from a catechism by a guy named Hercules Collins. Any theologian with the name Hercules has got to be a cool dude. So, Probably. Yeah. So uh, it, it, question number 134 says, why is prayer necessary for Christians? All right. So that's just a simple question. And people might ask you that. Why do I got to pray? I just had a guy ask me that question this week. If God already knows what's going to happen and God already knows what he's going to do, what's the point of me even praying? All right. All right. So here's the answer. Because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us, and also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit to those with sincere groanings, ask them continually of Him and give Him thanks for them. All right? So if you see the the verses of Scripture that are quoted there, or the passages of the Scripture that are quoted there, we've already read Luke 11, 9 through 13 today, right? It's talking about the Lord's Prayer. Let's just look at that Psalm um, chapter 50, verse 15. <coughs> Um, we're going to look at a lot of scripture. If you, I, I, I would love for you to flip and find them yourself. Um, if you, if you don't feel like you can find them fast enough, if you just want to listen, you can do either way you want. But uh, Psalms 50 and verse 15. All right. To call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Okay. Call upon me in the day of trouble. Who's that speaking? Your day of trouble. Yeah, but call upon me in the day of trouble. Who are we calling upon? God. Our Father who art in heaven, right? And what is his promise? I will deliver you. And you will glorify me. All right. So what does it mean to glorify God? To realize that the things that happen that you've asked for of God... Or God's work, not yours. Good. All right. And not only that, to glorify God means to give Him thanks for it, right? Like when He really does answer a prayer for us, there's a willingness that inside of us to truly your, say thank you. Yeah, no and doubt. That's, that's what that's what teaches you, I think. Yeah. So the answering of prayers uh, strengthens our faith. I think it should. so. Yeah, it should. It, it, it may be answered. We didn't know it. But <laughs> but there's no doubt that when God answers prayer, there's a realization that hey, He's there and He does care about me and He does answer my prayer. He provides for me all the things that I need. All right. So Lori's probably in about Psalm 50 verse 40 by, by now, 25 by now, I would imagine. But let's go ahead and look at what it, that that answer to that question is again. It is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us. And also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit to those who with sincere groanings ask Him continually of Him. Alright, so now let's go back to and look at that Luke 11 passage again. Because I want you to look at verse 13 of Luke chapter 11. Jesus had been teaching His disciples how to pray. Then He had given examples of the fact that He does answer prayer and ways that He does answer prayer. But look what it says in verse 13. If you then who are evil 
know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Alright, so what is the, the chief gift that He gives to His children? Salvation. Let's read it again. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly, your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? What is the gift being given there? Holy the Holy Spirit. So regeneration is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. Salvation is a right, gift of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Within us, so right. of course He's going to right. give to the Holy Spirit. Okay, good. All right, so you see what He's saying there? He's saying it is the chief part of our thankfulness. So if we really are thankful to God, we're going to pray to Him. He requires it of us, right? The Bible says pray without ceasing. So would you say that prayer is a command of God? Sure. Yeah. Yes. And when we don't do it, what are we showing? Disobedience. You see? So when we don't pray, we're being disobedient. God gives His grace, His Holy Spirit to those who, with sincere groanings, ask Him continually of Him. And give thanks to them. Now, so when we say these continual groanings, what do we mean by that? These continual groanings. Well, it's phrased as a groaning that is inaudible in the sense that we can't understand it, but God understands. It's like if someone moans. When somebody moans, there's something behind that. It's just not, you know. There's pain. There's something. And God understands exactly what that is. I don't know if that answers it. I think that's right, right at the point. So, have you ever noticed that when you have everything you want, you, you get kind of proud and loud and you don't need anything from anybody. You get really self-sufficient, self-righteous, self-willed. Like when everything's going your way and you don't have any trouble. When you got a little money in the bank, when the bills are caught up, uh, you know, when when you're feeling pretty healthy and, you know, maybe something really good is happening to you and your family. That You get to where you... It gives more about you. Yeah, you get comfortable with right. But when we get sick, when we get broke, mm-hmm. when we lose the things that we depend on, we we get helpless, don't we? Mm-hmm. And who does the most groaning? The one who can't do anything about it. Like, that's when we really cry out. And not only that, in those circumstances... Are my cries about silly and trivial things? Mm-hmm. Are, is that what I'm crying about when I groan? When I'm in desperate need and I groan, am I crying about trivial things? Probably not. No, it's the most desperate things. You know, if I, I'm, most of us in this room have dealt with some type of medical problem in our life, and if you ever go into a lab and get bad lab results, like those kind of prayers are serious prayers. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I need help now. I'm, I'm dying here. Like, you know, and, and they're real. There's a sincerity in, involved in that. It's not trivial and, and light and playful. It's a groan. It's a crying out. So, why is prayer necessary? It shows that we're thankful to God. God gives His grace and Holy Spirit to those who would groan and cry out to Him. And so He, he commands us to pray... And why is it necessary for Christians? Well, number one, it's a command. 
Number two, it's necessary. And three, it's just what we do as his children. We call out to our Heavenly Father. Right. A guy asked me one time in a dorm, similar question, why do we pray? Why do we have to pray if God already knows? And he was talking about prayer confession, you know, confessing our sins to God. He's like, why do we do that? God already knows what we've done. And I used but example, you know. <laughs> that's what I told him. I said, this is for you. It's not for God. God does know. I used the example of my dad. You know how your dad and you guys might have this similar experience. You're a little kid. You've been bad at school. You did whatever. You know, mom's told dad they've already talked. Way up. And dad calls you in. Was the first thing he says to you? The first thing he did. My dad would pull me in to get right here. He put me right here. What'd you do? Did you say I love you? You know, I know good and well. My dad already knows what I've done because he's talking to my mom, or he's talking to the principal, or he's talking to whatever. That wasn't for him. That was for me because he wants to hear me confess it because it's for me. And I need to confess what I've done and be sorry for it. And that's what I tell the guy. God already knows. So our prayer is really a confession of our need for our Father and and a willingness to admit our need for him. And our trust, to bear that out of your soul is trusting God with your heart. Because we can so easily gloss over our sins. And that's what we do. It's all in our sin. And and that's their deepest, well, maybe not our deepest fault, but it's it's certainly a good one Mm -hmm. that we have, that we gloss over our faults, uh, live on other people's, you know, Consume what they've done wrong to, sure. to to break the guilt off our backs, but that's the whole problem. It's on our backs, you know. I mean, if the guy down the street says adulterous, I'm sorry, you know, but that ain't my problem. Yeah, but I can say he's an adulterous. Right, Don't and, me. That, and that just stops us from focusing on what right. we should be focusing on to confess to the Lord. I'm not as bad as that guy, so I'm cool. Okay. So let's go on to the next question. <clears throat> this would be another one that you hear people ask. What is required for our prayers to please God and to be heard by Him? Now, the question in itself already implicates two things. One, we can pray in a way that does not please God. And number two, sometimes our prayers are simply not heard. I can remember pitching tantrums when I was a kid, and your parents are not going to listen to you when you're pitching a tantrum on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try it up, right? And so, what is required for us? So, the answer is that we ask of the only true God who has manifested himself in his word all things which he's commanded to be asked of him. This is to be done with true affection and the desires of our heart. As well, we are though an inward feeling, uh, through an inward feeling of our need and misery, to cast ourselves prostrate in the presence of His divine majesty and build ourselves on the sure foundation that we, though untrustworthy, unworthy, yet for Christ's sake are certainly heard by God, even as He promised us in his word. Can you explain that uh, ourselves prostrate in the presence? Yes. So there there are times when we should be on our knees praying to God. There are times when we... And you'll find... ourselves prostrate. What does that mean? Prostrate means to be laid out before. Wow. Right. A complete... I don't have any strength within myself. 
I don't have any right to stand before you. And uh, the truth of the matter is, is that it's hard to kneel and pray. Uh, It's just psychologically, spiritually, and physically difficult to humble oneself and get on their knees before God. It's hard to do. Why is that? Why is that hard? Because the floor is uncomfortable. Okay, it is uncomfortable. Pride. Pride. Yeah. We're too proud. We wouldn't call it that, but that's what it is. Yeah. I agree. And so, you know, there there are times when we need to be on our knees praying to God. Um, there's also a spiritual prostration too, right? A A, a state of the heart... Where I'm humble before God. And I think this gets a little bit into what we were talking about last time we were together. Because I told y'all, I hate to ask other people for stuff. Like, I hate to depend on somebody else to have to get something. I don't know if I can do that anymore. Well, well, you should be able to. I can with God. But I don't like asking for other stuff neither. We don't like to be dependent on other people. Why? We like to be self-sufficient. We like to be... Don't want to be told no either. Yeah. We want to have things our way. And so this spiritual prostration before God is a willingness to... It's to, a pride thing, isn't it? Yeah. It's a, willi- it's a willingness to bow before Him and recognize that we need Him. So, the first part of the answer to that, why, um, what is required of us to pray? Well, we need to pray to the one true God. There's only one God. There are no other gods before Him, right? So you can't bow to Mecca and pray to, uh, you know, the God of Muhammad because he's well, it, he's an idol. He's not real. Uh, a repentant heart is certainly a prerequisite there. Yeah. A contrite heart. I mean, it's, there's no sense in praying if you don't have that. Because I won't hear your prayer. Because you're praying for the wrong thing, if you are, I guess. All right. It says, who manifested himself in his word. So, his word is his promise to us, and he has shown us those promises, those truths in his word. We know his word. So, our prayer should also be saturated in his word, right? We should be praying according right, to what his word is. that first prayer, too, when you ask him, God, please come into my heart. I need you. And we're not saved yet at that point, are we? Or are we already saved? When we finally ask God to come into our hearts. Well, the first first prayer that when we ask God to come into our hearts for salvation, that first prayer, does he do that? Are we saved already? Well, Well, I'm sure he does. But remember that regeneration is not him coming into your heart. It's him giving you a new heart. Right, right, but you know that first prayer, when you're bearing your soul and you're you mean it. Well, if he if you if he if it's your first true prayer to him, then he's been at work in your life already. Somebody's preached the gospel to you. He's already drawing you to that point. You're at that point, so that's a fruition that he's at work in your heart. Like he's changing your heart so that you're willing to pray. Yeah. So, uh, So. you know, again, I, I do. I can't emphasize enough that regeneration is a gift of God, and it's not Him uh, coming into your heart; it's Him giving you a new heart. Okay. 
That's regeneration. But in that, you know, we speak of salvation as a thing like it's done, you're saved. That's a process, isn't it? It's it's a continuous process. Well, it's both. It's supposed to instant justification is an, and regeneration is an but instant act. Made. The justification is made. Christ died. Right, but he, but you are justified at the moment that you are regenerated. But that's a process, isn't it? I mean, you can't, you can never be fully regenerated. So, well, what's happening? What you, what you're blurring is you're blurring sanctification and justification together. Justification is a one-time act whereby well, God declares you righteous through the righteousness of Christ. That you that your sins have been taken away and you and you have been credited with the righteousness of Christ. That's a one-time act. That's one time. That's one time. Sanctification is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ, and that's a lifelong deal. Okay. Being made holy. That so helps. Yeah. So, so you are born again. That's a one-time thing. And in that act of being born again, you are also justified. You are adopted into the family of God. That's a one-time thing. But sanctification is the lifelong process that begins to take place at the point of regeneration until you are glorified, until you get your new body, where you are continually growing in the image of Christ. And we do, we have a tendency as fallen human beings to blur those lines, to blur the line of justification and sanctification. Like so, sanctification is, sanctification is a part of the regenerative process. Mm-hmm. The moment that I'm regenerated, I am set apart by Christ. That's sanctification. But then there's a progressive sanctification that takes place the rest of my life, a continual growing and being conformed to the image of His Son. But it, but this but the. Uh, coming aware. It's not, at least for me, has not been a boom. Yeah, there have been booms in there. There's been times that there's no doubt. But then you, you know, the light flares up and then it starts to flicker a little bit. And then, you know, you know what I'm saying? Your faith does not just take off like a rocket and stay in orbit. It kind of, at least mine does. Let's just put it that way. Well, your faith may fluctuate, but his. His grace doesn't like. He don't change. But the he, feeling that you are forgiven and that you were well, right, and that's going to go up and down with your mood because you're human and because you're fallen. God's the fact that you are saved doesn't change, right? But we may not feel saved just because we don't feel saved okay. or we feel whatever. That's just emotion. That's sort of. Then we don't. We're not led by that. We, we trust in what God has said. Concrete. And that's what this guy was saying here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, you can, um, so I, I do the London Baptist Confession. The Westminster Confession of Faith has a chapter on assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. And it, it addresses those very things that you're, I would recommend you pick that up and look at it because it's really good. Westminster? Yeah, well, in your, That's the same one, right? Yeah, well, they're, they're pretty close. First John, too. Uh, on assurance. First John. Yeah, First John is for sure. That, that, that that chapter on assurance is really good because it teaches that our faith is in Christ and His work and not our work. And when we begin to focus on it's what we're doing, uh, you know, there's no way I can ever feel worthy of that. Well, we shouldn't. We're not worthy of you it. Know, that's the whole thing. Yeah, we're not worthy of it at all. All right, so we have to we have to pray to the one true God. We have to pray according to His word. Um, I, I do love to hear when people pray when they 
when they speak scripture in their prayers. I think that's really cool. Like when they when they use the word of God as part of their prayers. I th- I think that's very that's a very good uh, method of praying. All things which he has commanded us to be asking him. All right, so have we heard those things that he commanded us to ask of him? Well, you should be reading the Bible. You should be hearing it. Okay, so even even in the uh, Lord's Prayer, give us this day our day, right? We, if you look on the um, uh, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done. Give us our daily bread and lead us not into temptation, right? Those are things that we're supposed to ask for. We're supposed to ask for his kingdom to come, right? He's the king. Let your rule reign in my life and in the world around me. Uh, give me this day my daily bread, all of the physical thing and spiritual needs that I have in my life. He's the one that supplies them for me. And those are things that we're commanded to ask for. Uh, remember what it said, ask and you will be given. Seek and you will Fine and knock and the door will be open to you. So those are all things that we pray. Um, <clears throat> this is to be done with a true affection and desire of our hearts. So one of the things required of our prayer life is that we're a regenerate, born-again, blood-bought child of God, right? Mm-hmm. A person without a regenerate heart cannot pray in a way pleasing to God. An unregenerate heart cannot pray in that way. Well, what would somebody without an unregenerate heart be praying? Uh, um, Trying to fool God? I mean, or fool themselves, yeah. Both. Okay. Yeah. It'd be it would be it would be for their own glory and for their own self interest, right? That would be what somebody who's you know so, you know, you can cry out to God. Uh, there are a lot of people that, oh God help me get sober. You know, or, oh, God, help me do this or help me do that. You know, help me get the right lottery numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, those are not, those are prayers that are for self. And remember, our prayers are supposed to be to glorify God. So even the prayers that we pray asking him to give us things are supposed to be for our good and his glory. All right. So we need to make sure that our prayers are according to his word that there are things that he has commanded us to pray um as well we are through an inward feeling of our need and misery to cast ourselves prostrate before god so with a recognition of our need and misery we don't like to think of ourselves as miserable do we we don't like to think well you know but that that guy sitting over there, he looks pretty miserable. Yeah. That guy over there, he looks pretty miserable, but at least I'm not like him kind of thing, you know? And the reality is is that that should be our constant state of mind, that we are in desperate need of him, right? What, um, what did uh, King David pray? He said, he said uh, what is man that you would even you know, think about him? Like we're just a speck of dust in this giant universe. So um, let's look at a passage. I, I want to look at one uh, passage. Let's go to that Romans eight. Let's go over to Romans eight and look. We're coming back to here. Luke eleven, probably. Romans eight. Um, and we'll start in verse 12. 
It says, So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. All right? So remember what it, remember our question? It said, he, he commands us this to be done with true affections and desires of the heart. So, where does true affection and desire of the heart for proper prayer come from? Look at verse 14 of Romans 8 again. What's it say? For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So, what is the proper state of heart for one to pray? It must be a regenerate heart. It must be someone who is a child of God crying out to their Father who art in heaven. Alright? And then he says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back in fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. So we have this spirit, we have his spirit who lives in us and gives us a willingness and a desire to cry out to Abba, our Father. Now what this makes me think about is the illustration that he uses in Luke 11. What did he say? What did he say? Which one of you who asks his dad for a piece of bread is going to get a brick? Or asks his dad for a piece of fish is going to get a scorpion? And now if you, being evil, know how to give good things to your kids, how much more able and willing is your Father who art in heaven to give you the things that you need? To give you His Spirit, as He asks. And so He says, um, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery, you have a spirit of adoption, whereby you cry, Abba, Father. Right? And Abba is a, is a very personal and endearing term to call our Heavenly Father. Um, it's not... It says, himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So Dave asked that earlier, verse 16. The spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So the question is, how do we know that we are saved? The spirit lets us know that we're saved. His spirit bears witness in and with our spirit that we are children of God. So, are there times when I will doubt my salvation? Yes, but the Spirit will confirm the fact that I'm a child of God. He says so you're this. You're saying that there are times you don't feel that you, you're saved? You doubt it? Not through Christ, but I mean through your own heart. There are moments of question that I have. That's all I want to that there are moments I know Lori expresses it continuously, and I feel the same thing. That you know, why would he want anything to do with me? Which we have already just discussed. You know, we're speaking dust in the cosmos. You know, right? But could this really be for me? <laughs> well, but then, really but but yeah. there's always that conf- confirmation by the Holy Spirit that I am His. Well, so I mean, a lot of the questions, that, but, it, but it still seems like a lot of the questions and doubts that I have. Like somebody walked in the door and said, "Here's a trillion dollars." But a lot of the questions and doubts that I have, Dave, are because of my recognition of my unwillingness to serve him, of, right, my, exactly. of my disobedience, of my failures to him. And that in itself is the Spirit of God convicting me of things that's exactly. going on in my life. The fact that you're even caring about it. That you care. That you care at all whether you're saved or not is a good sign that you are. Yeah. Right. Well, I understand that. You but somehow that doesn't... 
It's a loop there. I understand that, but sometimes the loop doesn't reconnect back to that point where you say, if I didn't feel this way, I wouldn't be. You know, it's like I feel good enough to know that I feel lousy. All right, so he says, if we are children, then we're heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. All right, that's not something a lot of people like to hear. A lot of people don't want to hear that we're going to suffer. In the same way that Christ suffered, we will suffer. We're going to suffer. Well, what they did to his body, they're going to do to the body of Christ. Christ told the disciples I was going to have. Yeah. He yeah. told them straight off the bat. Yeah. He said, because he, he asked his one disciple, he said, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism and I'm baptized with? And he said, you will be baptized with the baptism and I. Yeah. You're going to suffer. But but I, I want to focus. Let, let's look down. I want to skip a couple verses now. Look at verse 22. We know that the whole creation has been groaning together in pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit. We groan inwardly. There's that groaning we talked about earlier. We groan inwardly. And what does he say next? For adoption as sons. We groan together in the pains of childbirth, and not only the creation, but we ourselves. We groan inwardly. We wait eagerly for the adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. So we have been adopted. We are being adopted. We will be adopted. We will get a new body. And he says, for in this hope we are saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait with patience. Look at verse 26, and, and we'll finish. I want to finish by discussing this passage right here. It says, Likewise, the Spirit, notice that's capital Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weaknesses. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. What does that mean? The Holy Spirit lives within me. The Holy Spirit intercedes for me even in my prayer life. He knows what you need. And he intercedes for you. He, he, he basically edits our prayers for us, right? You know, we, we all can want right. something in the universal translation. Yeah. We can want something like a, a new guitar or something else, you know. But the point being that I'm trying to make is that's not really what we want. We want what we think that guitar will give us, you know, happiness, you know. And so that guitar is just a manifestation of our own imagination. So as opposed to what we want, God provides all of the things that we need. Right. Now, we're, we're going to finish this class next week. We'll finish talking about these questions, but let's look at these petitions. Look at question 141, 142, 143, 144, 146, and 147. Let's look at those petitions because that is what we need. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. It's your kingdom and your glory forever. That's what we need. We need to recognize that it's not about us, it's about Him. And that all of the ways that He will answer our prayers are for our good and His glory. Remember what that Psalms passage told us earlier today? 
He answers the prayers of those who cry out to Him and then we glorify Him. So properly answered prayers are prayers that God gives us and they're used for our good and His glory. Right Now, I'm going to use the example you used, Dave, of a guitar. I can say, well, I really would like to have a new Martin. Mm-hmm. And that's a really nice guitar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'd like a nice Martin. Dream. And I can word my prayer this way. Oh, God, if you give you know, oh, oh, me a Martin, you. I will use it for praise and worship services. Mm-hmm. You, you see what we're doing? We're, 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 we're trying to, yeah, we're, you know, oh, Mommy, if you will get me a go-kart, I will make straight A's. You're such a good boy. Yeah, I'll be so good. You see, we're bargaining with God, and prayer is not a bargaining session. It's a groaning, it's a it's a pleading, it's a crying out to God. You're prostrate, you're helpless. You're helpless, and you're asking Him to give you not the things you want, but the things that you. We can't achieve on our own. Well, we can't achieve anything. That's what we're asking. Also, the things we would never ask for. Right. So we didn't know to ask. So. As we, as we go this week, and we, we go, I want you to take this handout with you, and I want you to kind of study it, because next time we get back together, we're going to finish it. I'm going to give this back. You sent it to me on the... Okay. But I want you to think about some things in your own life. These are things that I think about. Can I bring my computer? Sure. Of course. Uh, things that... I, I hope that you'll think about some of these things. Do I understand the necessity and the need for prayer in my own life? Am I praying as I ought? No. What are some things that I could be doing to improve my prayer life? Be more disciplined. Okay. Uh, Be more reliant, right? Be more reliant on God in our prayer life. Am I praying as I ought? Am I trusting God with my body, mind, heart, soul, and life? And... If the answer to all of these is yes, 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 and you're patting yourself on the head saying, what a good boy am I, then you probably have not been listening in the class. Oh, no. All right, so let's finish off with, we got four minutes left. Let me ask you guys a couple of questions. All right, number one, I'm going to ask you, so I'm going to ask Lori, I'll ask Lori, why is prayer necessary? Why should we pray? To stay in conscious contact with our Father. To stay in conscious contact with our Father. All right, Jake. Why should we pray? Why is it necessary for a Christian to pray? Don't don't look at the sheet. Don't look at the handout sheet. Answer answer well, what you what you've heard today. Why should I pray? Keep the Spirit God. Okay. Same from today. Why should I pray? Yeah. To communicate. God is our Father. Yeah, that's not my You know, and, and, I, and I envision is a process of, of trying to get back to the child we were when we were a small child. We walked hand in hand with our Father. And the world couldn't touch us. Okay. You know, we were blessed and we were with Him. And. But we're wanting to be with an immortal man, and, and, and that the world is not, it doesn't matter. You know? And he will hold us, and we will be okay. Right. Everything will be okay. And I think when we were in that state, when we were walking with our earthly father and depending on him, we were dependent on him. 
Like yeah. we recognized our needs. We were willing to run his arm and cry when we hurt and et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> and that's a part of our prayer life now. We need to be dependent on him. All right, so, uh, Matt, what, why, why is it necessary for me to pray? Because God commanded us to. Okay, it's a command. All right. As the soldier that Matt is. No. <laughs> Julie, why do we need to pray? Hmm? Okay. Why do we need to pray? Because we need to pray. You can't answer the question with the answer. That's that's illegal. Why do I need to pray? <laughs> and get ready, because I'm going to ask you another question right after you answer that, because we're going to go backwards this time. Why do I need to pray? Good. Okay. All right. Now, what is something that is required of me when I pray to God? What? what is one of the requirements that God required of me when I prayed to Him? Requirement. Um, I don't know. Okay, Matt. Are we just assuming that we're talking about children of God, right? Same yeah. People. Uh, well, that would be a requirement. I, I have to be His child. I was going to bring that up after a while ago, but I just was assuming we were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That w- one of the requirements to pray to God is that I have to be His I child. Be a believer. Yeah, exactly. you got to be a believer. Good. Yeah, you, I used to use the example of I have a kid, my neighbor has a kid. I love my kid, and I love my neighbor's kid, but I don't love my neighbor's kid like I love my kid. It's a special mm-hmm. love that God gives us, right? Okay. I don't want to see any bad happen to my neighbor's kid, but my kid, I'm going to Matt for. Okay. Every time. All right. Sincerity. Sincerity. All right. What's something required of me when I pray, Jake? True affection and desire in my heart. Okay. True affection and desire in my heart. Good. What's your question? What is required for our prayers to please God? A true love in our heart. Okay. Good. A contrary heart. All right. So these are things that I hope that you'll think about this week. I hope you'll take some time to look over this and pray about praying. Um, I, I know it's something that definitely in the last few months has been really something that God has been convicting me about in my own life. Just simple things like telling people I'll pray for them and not doing it. Uh, like these are things that I have to I have to own up to and be responsible for. Can we carry a book? <clears throat> um, I, I tell you what I've done in my own personal life here lately, Dave, is that when see people send me prayer requests, like on Facebook or, or I just pray right then. Yeah, yeah. me too, because I'll forget. Uh, because I, I am not Jesus. I cannot intercede for the whole world. Mm-hmm. Better yet, if somebody in person asks you to pray for them, just be praying for me. I was like, let's pray right now. Yeah, together. yeah let's just pray. While now. we're here. Yeah. And because I, I do, um, I'm just like you, Dave. A lot of times I wait till I go to bed at night and pray, and then my dog jumps up in the bed and I start petting her, and I don't pay attention when I'm praying, or or, or I oh, go. That's to, my or, biggest problem is my mind just. Yeah, or I go to sleep. Yeah. And and again, remember, this is a spiritual thing too. Like the enemy don't want you to pray, and he's going to do whatever he can do to keep you from praying as well, because he knows he if anybody knows that God answers prayer. And so um, let's close with a prayer. It's time to go. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us together. Help us to recognize that our prayer is necessary and that um, you command it. And help us to realize that you are a God who answers the prayers of your children. 
So as your children, give us the strength and the desire to pray to you. Help us to see those prayers answered in our lives. Help us to build our faith or help us and build our faith so that we will continue to be prayerful uh, children. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.